Welcome to the NICU Dad Podcast, a podcast for NICU dads by NICU dads. I'm Alex Zavala, a father to two preemie girls, Mia, who was born at 30 weeks, and Emerson, who was born at 27 weeks. Combined, my wife Jen and I both spent over 100 days in the NICU. After my last NICU experience, I started the NICU Dad. I did this to try and fill the gap of information and support that was lacking for NICU dads. Be sure and check out thenicudad.com and hopefully you will find it a useful resource. In this podcast, we will cover many topics that NICU parents face, but from the NICU dad's perspective. Topics such as premature birth, bereavement, PTSD, and many others. These dads who you'll hear share their stories in hope of letting other NICU dads know they are not alone. Troy Bass, a former Army reservist, and his wife Rebecca, welcomed their daughter Riley in June of 2020 in Snellville, Georgia. Not only were they dealing with the baby born at 27 weeks, but they had to navigate their NICU stay during the height of the COVID crisis. Several hospitals implemented restrictions in the NICU during this time, many only allowing one parent in the NICU. Troy and Rebecca's hospital only allowed the mother into the NICU. It would be weeks before he was able to see his daughter. I'm happy to say today that after seven weeks in the NICU, Riley is at home. Troy and Rebecca currently reside in Lawrenceville, Georgia, with their beautiful daughter. This is his NICU story. Welcome, everybody. Our guest today is Troy Bays. And uh, Troy, first, man, I really want to thank you for sharing your story and coming on here and doing this for us. But if you don't mind, let's go ahead and get it started and uh, just kind of start from the beginning with you guys. Uh, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, we, uh, our, my wife and I, uh, Rebecca, we we found out she was pregnant, you know, last uh, December, so 2019, or, or actually it's New Year's, so January, somewhere in there. And, um, you know, everything seemed great at first. Uh, no issues. We we ran to the ER, you know, a couple weeks in because, you know, she was spotting and, you know, everything checked out okay. And um, now the, the pregnancy started off great. No issues or concerns and everyone was happy and healthy. And this was your first child, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. First child for both of us. Um, so we were we were very excited about that. Awesome. And so everything was going great. And where did things kind of change for you guys? Um, so things kind of changed. Um, we hit the 27 week mark and, um, we were actually visiting her mother in Florida and she started getting lumps in her breasts, which, you know, come to find out later on, we're just her milk ducts coming in and whatnot. But, you know, we didn't know that at the time. So she was stressed out about that. And then, um, so when we got back up to Georgia, she went in, um, it was like Monday or Tuesday, something like that. And, uh, they told her, you know, she, Oh, it's just your, your milk ducts coming in. And then maybe a couple days later, uh, or it was, no, so so Monday milk ducks. Tuesday she had another appointment 
with her OB, and they said, yeah, you've got gestational diabetes. Okay, which Tuesday was also the day we were we were moving apartments, which, you know, we did our best to keep her from, you know, doing anything. Yeah. So we moved, and, and that was that. And then uh, Thursday night, which um, would be the 18th of June, I get home from work, and she's having contractions. And that's kind of what kicked off everything. So you guys, she starts having contractions, and do you guys go into the, the hospital? or? So, yeah, yeah. So, um. So I get home from work about, um, I want to say 5.30, and she tells me, uh, you know, I, I, I think I'm having Braxton Hicks, you know, those fake contractions. Mm-hmm. And she says, um, yeah, it's been about since 5 o'clock, so 30 minutes, nothing to worry about. Um, you know, 6.30 rolls around, and... Now we're calling her OB, and she tells us to do this and that and call her back. And long story short, we were going on, you know, three hours of contractions. And finally we, you know, her OB says, yeah, you need to get to the hospital. So you guys, you're at... 27 or 28 weeks right now when all this is going on? Um, at the time Thursday night, we're like a couple days shy of 28 weeks. Okay, gotcha. So they tell you to come in and you guys go into the hospital? Um, yeah, so so we get in. Um, they, they check her in and um, we do all the... So we, we do the COVID tests, which... You know, watching a, someone stick a six-inch-long Q-tip up your wife's nose for 10, 15 seconds was not fun. Um, <laughs> um, and then they finally, you know, they check their cervix, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're at three centimeters. So um, she's, she's, they tell us, um, yeah, you're, you're in preterm labor. Like, this isn't fake. This isn't Braxton Hicks. Like, you're in labor. So that's kind of what mm. kicks off the next couple of days. So let me ask you this. Um, I know, you know, this is during the time of COVID and everything, and you guys obviously experienced something that most of us, uh, you know, wouldn't have even dreamed of. Uh, was there a hesitation to go into the hospital or was there, did it add even more stress? I mean, just, with everything that's going on, you know, around the world? Um, well, I wouldn't say it was like a hesitation. Um, I mean, even while, before we left, um, in those couple hours, my wife was at the point where she was having to grab onto the wall or door frame mm. or whatever to mm-hmm. keep from, you know, doubling over. So she was having legit contractions. Yeah. And I'm having to squeeze her hips and do all the the, the dad things, you know. Um, so we weren't hesitant at all. 
um, we were concerned that, you know, um, that I wasn't going to be allowed in in the room, period. Which, thankfully, you know, um, it boiled down to I was the only visitor allowed. Yeah. So, so that was, you know, that was a blessing. Um, so no, 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 no hesitation of going in, but, uh, we were definitely relieved when, you know, I was allowed to be in the room. Yeah. So you guys go into the hospital, um, baby's coming obviously. And you talk about those, you know, setting it up for the next couple of days. What were those next couple of days like? How did that, what was that, that timeline? Um, oh yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, so, so we showed up Thursday night and they confirmed, you know, uh, you know, Rebecca's, she's in preterm labor. So they put her on a, uh, I don't know the exact, you know, medica it was magnesium something to stop right, right, the contractions. Yeah. Um, so they had her on that from Thursday night up to noon on Saturday, which they told us, hey, at noon Saturday, we're going to take you off the magnesium and we're going to wait a couple hours to see what happens. And if your contractions come back, they had some other medication they were going to give her. Um which, <laughs> needless to say, we waited a couple hours Saturday, and bam, contraction started immediately. So, how soon? Once those contractions started, what was the next step? What was? Uh... Uh, so yeah, so um, so noon hit. They took her off. The, they took her off the magnesium. Um, we waited, I think, two, three hours, and for those couple hours, you know, she was okay, mm-hmm. and then the contractions came back just like they were before, and, uh, the, the secondary medication, I forget what it was, but, uh, it was, it was a pill, and, she took that around two or three o'clock Saturday, uh, Saturday, and um, you know I I had to go back home to go take care of our dogs and whatnot. So by the time I got back to the hospital, it was mm, I want to say six o'clock. And but when I got back, Rebecca's like rolling in the bed. Contractions mm. are back to back. Just she's she's coherent and talking, but when when the contractions hit, she just is out of it. You know, breathing and you know pushing. And um, this whole time, you know, she's still at three centimeters. So, you know, the medical staff advised we're, we're just gonna wait because they had planned on giving her a second round of medication on these pills. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, so we were kind of waiting on that. So that's kind of the, the next 
checkpoint we're at. And it sounds like the baby's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, sure enough, um, I got back around six. Um, so, around nine o'clock, you know, I've been back at the hospital for three hours now. She's having these back-to-back contractions. Um, and the nurse, you know, comes in and says, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, let me check your cervix again. This is around 9 o'clock, 9-something. Nine, nine at this point, time is a is a construct to me. I don't know what time is. Um, right, right, yeah. <laughs> so she checks her cervix again, and um, the nurse kind of, oh, her eyes get big, and she says, um, I'll be right back. And next thing you know, there's 15 people in the room, and the nurse is like, hey, um, your cervix is gone. The baby's head is presenting. Um, uh-huh. Buckle up. <laughs> so just just in the span of, you know, two or three hours, she went from three centimeters to just baby's coming. Yeah. And we're wow. at 27 days, or we're at 27 weeks and six days at this point. And so the delivery, everything went okay? Um, yeah, uh, delivery went great. Um, we, they had a, a doctor on, you know, on on duty at the time. Not her OB, but they had a doctor just to be there. And we waited for OB to show up to deliver. And <laughs> I was kind of shocked when one of the nurses, like, she said, hey, Dad, grab her foot and her leg and um, you're going to help heave ho and I was like what <laughs> so yep when we say push you're going to pull her leg up to her chest and um, so I think well she only did two rounds of pushing and you know boop out came Riley um, yeah which was that was like a hurricane of emotions and just I didn't know what was going on. So a lot of that's something really special in in the fact of, I know a lot of us Nikki dads, I know for myself, my daughter was born in 27 weeks too. And most of us uh, deal with emergency C-sections. So you, I mean, you got to witness the birth of your daughter, you know, naturally and, I mean, I can't, that emotion, were were you still in the back of your mind at all concerned with how early she was, or were you able to take in that moment of you witnessing your daughter? You know what I mean? Because most, like, for most of us, we're so concerned with how early it is, and it's an emergency C-section, so it's, it's, it's super scary. And so the fact that you got to witness that, the actual birth, you know, did, did that kind of make it a little more special? Um, you know, I'd say, um, you know, I had to tell my wife this, you know, after the fact that, you know, 
God completely planned for her to show up exactly when she was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, I'm so thankful that she didn't have any medical conditions on birth. Like she came out breathing on her own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that I got the help with the pushing and, witnessing her, you know, birth our daughter. At that point in time, like, I wasn't even... I was definitely concerned about, you know, how early she was, but in the moment, I was just focused on, you know, doing everything I, I needed to do, you know, and getting her out and the fact that I, it was a natural birth, I mean, I turned into a blubbering mess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I just, the as soon as she came out and, you know, they were cleaning her up and I could see her, you know, <laughs> you know, that's probably the most I've ever cried in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine, man. Um, so Riley is here and she looks okay and everything. And what, uh, what happens with you guys after delivery, after she's born? Oh, um, so, so she's delivered. They, you know, they, they do the, the traditional, you know, they, they clean her up real quick, wrap her up, and hold her in front of mom, and you know, say, "Here's your baby." And the NICU nurses whisk her away to the pod, and are doing their thing. And um, you know, to our surprise, they and and and, and uh, joy, honestly, they. You know, the NICU nurses say, oh, she's breathing on her own. Um, So, you know, Rebecca's on the bed, and they're cleaning her up and doing their thing. And I say, hey, Dad, um, let's walk her over to the NICU. And I walk her in the NICU. I maybe get – I get less than five minutes with her. You know, I – I hold my finger out and she she grabs my finger. Yeah. And and next thing I know, they're like, "All right, you got to go cuz we're about to do some sterile procedures, yada yada." And which sets up a chain of events of I don't see my daughter in person for the next 3 weeks. Ah, jeez. And that's kind of that's kind of, you know, the next couple of nights is me taking care of Rebecca and, you know, she's recovering, so. So they take Riley to the NICU and, um, which, you know, we're all kind of familiar with, you know, all, all us NICU dads and stuff. Um, and you're taking care of Rebecca. Now, are they – are you still able to be in the hospital with them? I mean, or you're just not completely allowed in the NICU at all? Um, so 
they moved us to a um they moved us out of the the uh delivery room into i guess you would call it the recovery room mm-hmm. where you know they're they're just checking on Rebecca her vitals and um they start bringing in pumps and all that fun stuff and um so i'm i'm allowed in there and you know from the get go they said hey they told rebecca they're like hey mom you can um you know whenever you want to just come on down to the nicu you can come sit with her you know and whatever their stipulations were at the time but she was allowed to go visit the nicu um at that time our our hospital's current policy was because of covid the only people allowed to visit in the NICU are the mothers so i just kind of would just hang out in the recovery room gee um so I can't even imagine. Are you... So do they actually tell you, hey, you're not going to be coming into the NICU? I mean, how how does... Do um, you get hit with that sledgehammer or, you know? Um, I mean, is so as nicely as the nurses could put it, you know, without just tell me to, you know, fly off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um they they straight up said, Hey, our current hospital policy is you're not allowed in. The only mothers only. Because of COVID and reducing exposure and they didn't pull any punches about it because I even volunteered to, you know, rub myself down and you know iodine and wear a like wear a surgical suit the whole nine yards and they said nope and I allowed in so and they tell you this one. yeah they, they tell you this on day one and Rebecca's in the recovery room for a couple of days and you're still there um does anything change in that first week? As, um, as, you know, once she's recovered or, you know. No. So, um, so no, the first week, no. Um, you know, Rebecca got discharged and, you know, they said, hey, you, you can come visit whenever you want. Um, all day, every day you're free to visit and you know dad on the other hand no not allowed to visit um the only the only so so for three weeks the first three weeks the only means of me seeing my daughter was on a camera that you know they they have set up in the NICU they have individual cameras on each of the 
pods. That was it. Um, I, I I even showed up. I I went a couple of times to go drop off breast milk. My wife had been pumping, and you know I I ring a little bell and they're like, "How can we help you?" And I'm dropping off breast milk and a hand in the bag, and I say, "Okay, hold on, be right back." And they kind of crack the door open, hand me the bag back, and say, "Have a good day." And so that's what I dealt with for three weeks. So, are you? I mean, we all know. I, like I said, I mean, I, I can't even imagine. Um, you know, I know for me, um, it, it was one of the most important parts of, was us being there, uh, for not only for our baby but also for the doctors. So, are you not even? You're not even able to talk to doctors or, you know, other than maybe on the phone or how, how is that working out on that part? Um, the, the most I got was, um, I could call the NICU and ask questions or, um, if her camera was, you know, off or whatever. I couldn't see her. So it wasn't that I was completely restricted from any information. I could I could call the NICU, but I just wasn't allowed to physically be there. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the medical information I was getting, you know, as far as updates and her progress, my wife was filling me in on from, you know, her being there, you know, almost every day. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta ask you, Troy, um, what was it, what was that like? Um, you know, at first, um, I kind of, I kind of just dealt with it because I was in the mindset of, oh, you know, COVID. You know, I get it. It's it's a hard decision to make of who's going to be in the NICU. You know, I get it. But honestly, by the time uh, I'm going to say You know, by week three of the only contact with my daughter is through a camera, you know, I had some other stuff going on in life, but I had the honest, I I broke, gathering my thoughts, sorry for the, um, no, no, uh, there was a night I remember my wife and I were just folding clothes and I honestly just broke down 
in the middle of folding clothes and just crying. And I said, I just want to see my daughter. I, I, I don't, you can leave her in the pod. What I, I just want to see her. I just want to be in the same room. And that was, that was honestly one of the, that made my wife and I bond even more because we just held each other crying. And, you know, I had other stuff going on in life, too, that kind of caused me to honestly snap. And I told my wife, I was like, hey, I'm I'm going to go sit in the car for a minute. And I didn't know what else to do besides just scream because every fatherly instinct in my body, every fiber of my being just was screaming out to just be with my daughter. And all I could do was just sit in my car and just scream. <laughs> just simply so no one called the cops on me because it's, it's such a, a a visceral just emotion of a father being told, nope, you can't see your daughter. Sorry. And those those first three weeks were it's honestly hell. I mean, that's the hardest three weeks of my life. Yeah, I I can't imagine it, and uh, I don't think there's any other way to describe it other than than a living hell. Just you know, may, maybe if you know the first, if it was just a week, you know that would have been horrible. But um, I can't imagine you know three weeks, um, and especially from you being able to experience the birth that you did, you know, and, and, and go through that. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine going from such a high and then just having that taken away from you. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, you kind of nailed it on the head. It's, it was the, the, absolute high of you know seeing my daughter born I, I got the help with the delivery cut the cord like I got to do everything you normally do and then within you know five ten minutes of her being in the world you know little did I know hey you don't get to see her for three weeks yeah yeah. So you somehow managed to get through these three weeks. And then what happened? Um, ooh, so, um, yeah, so, so the three weeks go by. Um, I keep carrying on like normal. I'm going to work. Um, which, you know, uh, 
in retrospect, I feel terrible for my wife because, you know, she just, she's at home, just at home. Like, yeah. I mean, she would go, you know, every day, if not every other day to see her, but, you know, I can't imagine just sitting at home twiddling your thumbs. Um, let, let me ask you something before we go past that three weeks. During this three-week period, um, did you ever feel like a disconnect or, you know, from your daughter or your maybe even your wife at some time? I mean, just because they, you know, the hospital is basically keeping you outside? Um. I wouldn't say there was a disconnect from Rebecca because um, mm-hmm. she was going through her own struggles and I was just doing my best as her husband to encourage her and support her and, you know, not let her fall into a mindset of failure because she was going through postpartum and the typical, well, I, I could have done this, I could have done that. and Yeah, yeah. The guilt. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, I don't understand that, but I can still do my part to not let her just sit in it. Yeah. So, so no, it, it actually brought us closer together. I, I will say those three weeks, you know, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine, you know, who he's got his own adoption story. And, you know, I told him, um, like, I've been a dad for three weeks and I'm not a dad. Like, yeah. I, have, I haven't even touched her, like, held her, done anything. And so th- there was kind of a disconnect there, just. It was this weird, I was just walking through life knowing I have a child, but against nothing of my own will, like, I can't be her father. Just because the system says I can't because of corona or, you know, I don't know. It's so hard to put into words. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I mean, I can't imagine, um, I just can't imagine. Um, oh, man. So, after three weeks, something changes. Mm. So, so I'm at work one day, and my wife texts me, and she says, <laughs> along the lines of, guess who you get to see? And I was like, uh, you know, I'm at work. I'm. When I was like, "Who? What are you talking about?" She's like, "Your daughter." And I was just like, "Holy crap! What?" Uh. Uh. And it the timing was just perfect that like that it that like that day I could go see her. So 
I, you know, when I clocked out of work, I said, hey, honey, I'm going straight to the hospital. I'll see you later. And, I, you know, I went to the hospital, and, uh, and they're like, do you want to hold her? And I was like, hold her? I was like, I'm going to take my shirt off. Like, we're doing skin to skin. Let's go. Um, uh, um, and that just that first skin to skin contact was kind of that that kind of dispelled that previous three weeks of you know I'm a dad but I haven't done anything with my daughter so Yeah, I, I was going to ask the question, but you just answered it for me, of what that moment was like of, of, you know, being a dad, but, you know, not having a chance to be a dad and then holding your daughter for that first time. I mean, I know what skin to skin was like for me for the first time, and I can only imagine. Actually, I'm pretty sure I can't even imagine what it was like for you and what those emotions must have been like when you got to do that for the first time you, you know i i thought i was gonna like cry and be a blubbering mess when i went in but really when i got in there and you know you know i told them i want to hold her skin to skin and it it was honestly the most peaceful moment <laughs> that i did I didn't even have time to cry. I was just so wrapped up in the joy of, oh, it's been three weeks. Like, I I touched you for, like, ten seconds when you, hold, when you held my finger, and now I can finally just hold you on my chest. And, and like, I, I didn't even care about crying because I was just so wrapped up in the moment of, I, I can finally hold my daughter. And after that, I take it they had lift up, they had lifted their uh, some of the COVID protocols at the hospital. Oh yeah, so they the the board of directors or whoever they they had a meeting and uh, which which was why I could go see her in the first place. But so after that, um, you know, my wife and I were going every other day, switching off going to see her and um you know so she'd go one day which of course being a new mom she she was there like three four hours (laughs) and like (laughs) i was having to go after work so i'd go for like an hour and a half and like i'm like falling asleep and i'm like i gotta go home like i gotta shower and get ready for bed (laughs) like oh my i've been working all day oh my god um uh, but yeah, and then, you know, which, which we were thankful that, you know, her whole NICU experience, she really had zero problems. Yeah. Which, which kind of leads to the, I don't want to say the, the closing chapter, but her, her ending chapter of her NICU time. So... <clears throat> How long were you guys total in the NICU? 
Um, total in the NICU, seven weeks. Seven weeks. <laughs> and I will say this. This is uh, – I'm a peer-to-peer mentor with Hand to Hold, and uh, we actually – I got to mentor Troy here (laughs) and this is, I mean, so this is all, you know, really special for me Um, just in the fact of, you know, when one, I, I, I just can't say enough how important personally I think it is for NICU parents who are going through these experiences to be able to have some kind of peer to peer mentoring uh, to have somebody to talk to or so. And so when I was asked, you know, or, you know, and you were, you were brought in for, for me to mentor, um, man, I didn't know what, you know, with everything going on on with COVID and, and the pandemic and what hospitals were doing, you know, I didn't really know what was gonna, you know, what, what, what to say really in the fact of, I would have never dreamed that a NICU dad would not be allowed to see his baby in the NICU. You know, we hear hospitals talk about it all the time and, you know, they want involvement from NICU parents and everything. And, and here we have this dad who is, you know, kept away for three weeks. And so, you know, it was really, you know, to, to, I don't want to say I was, you know, to be a part of that, but just, you know, it, it I, I, uh, man, I just couldn't believe how well you guys handled it. Um, and just, you know, just, I, I, I still couldn't believe the situation. I mean, for me, it's just so unimaginable. Um, I know how hard the NICU experience was already, but to be kept away, uh, I just, I can't imagine. And, uh, I'm glad we got to share some of our back and forth during that time. Um, I know it was special for me. I don't know how it was for you. You know, my dad was actually the one who sent me the information about hand to hold, which, you know, I was so thankful for. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, uh, I think her name was Jenny. I may be mistaken about that, but um, she told me up front, like, hey, we've we've never had any, you know, NICU parents who've dealt with COVID who are peer mentors, which I was like, you know, I don't care. I, I just need someone to talk to because, you know, you know, my wife and I confide in each other and talk, but I can't. I can't tell her what I'm feeling as a father, as a man, and her to grasp it, and, you know, you know, and, you know, Alex, when you, you know, when, when you start, when we started talking and you were telling me about your story, you know, it, it was just, it was relieving knowing, you know, I wasn't alone, that you know, I'm not the only dad sitting here, you know, with the stress and the weight on the mind of, oh, I got a preemie baby. Like, are they going to be okay? I got to take care of my wife. I still got to go to work. 
just all those things. So that it was just nice having someone who could even, in the slightest sense, say, "I know what you're going through," and um, you know, I would just, I would just stress that if, especially with COVID, if anyone's you know listening to this, going through the same thing, please, please reach out to Hand to Hold or just anybody. Please talk to somebody. Don't, don't just bottle it up. Uh, it was rough. I'm glad. I'm glad I had Alex. <laughs> no, man, it, it was. Uh, it was. It was super special. Um, you know, I remember the day when you were like, "Hey, they they let me back in the hospital," and you know, the same thing of, "Hey, you know, Riley's coming home," <laughs> and uh, that was that was really awesome to be a part of that and. You know, I'm just I'm really happy for you guys. I'm really happy that you know the whole NICU experience for you. Um, you know that you guys didn't have too many. I mean, other than the beginning and dealing with COVID, you know, it there weren't that many speed bumps for you, um, and that you had more more good days than bad. Um, that, that's that's really awesome, and you know maybe it's. It's one of those things where, you know, you had all your bad at one time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, our, you know, Christians believe in God. We just, we just chalk it up to him having a plan and, you know, we left it at that. So. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's like I said, I mean, congratulations to you guys. Riley is home. You guys are home. You you made it. <laughs> um, do you have any? Uh, I, know, I know you talked about you know talking to somebody, but uh, do you have any advice for Nikki dads who are going through? I you know I think some hospitals right now are kind of relaxing the protocol a little, but any dads right now? I know it's former Nikki dads. Um, can't even imagine what you Nikki dads who are going through this right now during this pandemic. Um, is there any advice that you offer uh, Nikki dads who are in, in the hospital, in the NICU right now during this time of this, this virus? Um, as far as advice, I'd say, um, you know, Nikki dads, um, your wives, you know, they're, you know, the, the mothers of your children, you know, you may not understand it, but just they're going through way more than you are. Not not discrediting your emotions and what you're going through, but just uplift them, support them. Like every now and then just say, you're doing a good job. That means so much to them. Um, say thank you to your nurses. Like some... You know, you you don't know what they're going through, and they're not there because, you know, they just absolutely love, you know, NICU babies. Uh, but, you know, say thank you. That means the world to them. And, um, you know, if, and if you need to talk to even if it's not somebody who knows what you're going through, just just talk to somebody. Just just don't don't bottle it up. Just just talk to someone. And 
that's the advice I'd give. Man, well, that's great stuff, Troy. And once again, man, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, man, it, it's just, like, I can't say it enough. Just can't imagine what you went through, man. And, you know, not being able to go in there and, and be with your baby. Uh, but I, I thank you so much for being a part of this and for being willing to share your story and for also letting me mentor you. <laughs> um, I really appreciate it. And I want to congratulate you guys and, uh, you know, hope Riley is, uh, uh, a very healthy, you know, from here on out and that, uh, you know, you guys are, are blessed. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Once again, please take a look at the NICUdad.com. We continue to grow the list of resources we are bringing NICU dads. To my fellow NICU dads, good luck, and remember, you are not alone.